Welcome to episode four of Casting the Net with Father Dave and Rick. Listeners, this is a great episode. It's a lot of fun. We've got some humor mixed into the topics. Um, so we hope you enjoy this. They talk about the domestic household versus the domestic church. They go a little bit into Rick's theology background. They talk about how the first liturgies were conducted in people's homes. They go into the word holiness. What does it mean? How does it apply inside our homes? So again, great episode. It's a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoy episode four of Casting the Net. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Hey friends, Father Dave and Rick here again. Thanks for taking a moment to join us for a conversation that is intended on opening the door of faith, casting the net, we call this conversation, this podcast. And we're, we ourselves are caught in that net that is cast uh, by others through the church, and we're seeking to do the same. Rick, what's been going on since the last <laughs> time we, we connected? What's going on at your parish, at, at Little Flower Parish, and what's going on in your, your home? Your domestic church. Yeah. Well, I'm just unlocking the mysteries of the universe. One load of uh, <laughs> one load of laundry at a time. One one peanut butter sandwich at a time. I, love um, it. I mean, I, I say that in jest, but that's that's the nature of of, of my vocation, right? Yes. To, to pursue holiness um, as a father, you know, as a, as a married man, and that is shaped by the thousand little acts of love that I perform throughout the course of the day, which includes the not so glamorous stuff like, you know, making beds and doing laundry and so on and so forth. What about you? What's, well, what's, and Rick, just for clarification, you, your vocation is lived out in the home correct. where you are serving your family there full time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Stay at home, dad, in the, uh, in the parlance of our time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, vocation of, uh, I mean, you know, primarily of a father. And, uh, and laundry I, and laundry, peanut butter yeah. sandwiches. That's, that's it. That's all you need to be a good father, right? Yeah, takes a lot know, more than that. I, I've got some of that going on in my life. It's just not the same quantity, right? Right. <laughs> more, more unruly children in your uh, in your life. But well, I am blessed at Christ the King Parish to have lots and lots of lots of people share with me every day how much I don't know, so that I can grow in understanding. And practice it's, the faith. It's amazing how much overlap <laughs> there is between your vocation and mine. <laughs> yes. Well, because you know, I, I'm only reminded of that by you know four kids and a wife, <laughs> and the dog occasionally. But um, yes, I have people in my life telling me that I don't know anything as well. So. Well, giving you opportunities <laughs> to learn that's, and to broaden the, and to complete the charitable way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a connection that we both know, right? That in many ways, the domestic church is the first church. The, the, the household, the family is the first church. That's exactly how we see it in Acts of the Apostles, really how our Lord established it. Mm -hmm. We can forget that 21st century very easily with, in, here in the United States mm -hmm. with um, kind of this muscular Catholicism. Maybe it's not quite as muscular today as it was in the 50s, 60s, mm. where great institutions were just um, 
being built one on top of another. I'm in a parish in the yeah. 1950s, the baby boomers, right. nothing but kids and Catholic families and post-World War II and schools that were exploding, Catholic schools, parishes that were exploding. And, and we can lose sight that mm. in its origin, the church is first and foremost experienced where? At home. At home, right. And even, that's a beautiful image, and I love it, and it's inspiring. <clears throat> but even prior to that, and this sort of harkens back to a question you asked me in an earlier episode. You know, you, you, you asked me something along the lines of, how do you, because I, I mentioned that I, I, I love Thomas Aquinas, I studied his theology, or have studied it in, in, a, in another life, but how do you teach that to your kids? And I made the remark that um, you know, primarily at this point, what I, what I do is I, I interiorize it or internalize it and, and live it. And they will see that. And maybe someday when they're, when they're adults and know something about Thomas Aquinas, they'll recognize it as, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's the theology of Thomas Aquinas. But um, I was thinking about that question, and I thought, up of, thought of a very um, concrete example of how I do that. Um, Aquinas and others speak of the family as, in some ways, in some limited ways, an image of the Trinity itself, right? Um, a plurality of persons. Mm-hmm sharing themselves mm. as gift. Beautiful. And for me, like when, when, I, when I finally came to see that, which really didn't happen until I had a family of my own, I, I knew the teaching, but it didn't really make a, sure. much of an indent on my, uh, on, my, on my consciousness because I, I had nothing to compare it to. But when I, when I started having children with my wife, that's when I really came to see the brilliance of it mm. um, and the beauty of it. Just, you know, giving of self, which constitutes a, a, a communion, a, mm. a little family, a little unity of, of persons. Mm. Um, my goal, you know, going back to the question you asked um, in a previous episode, is to live that teaching in such a way that when my kids finally come to an age where they can, I mean, no one really understands this, but sort of grasps the idea of, a, of multiple persons in one nature, which is, which is God, mm-hmm. they will think, wow, that is sort of like our home life. Yes. In, in an imperfect reflection, I mean, we, we are, we are we're limited creatures. We're, we're not God. So there are, um, it's not a perfect analogy. Um, we're limited in lots of ways that God isn't. But that's, that's what the home life is supposed mm. to look like. Yeah, it was established that way in God's yeah. glorious design. We'll catch ourselves often talking about going to church, mm. forgetting that the family church, the domestic church, the first church, is joining other communities, other mm-hmm. families, mm-hmm. right, for an experience of worship, which in our Catholic Christian tradition, you know, supremely is the Mass. Right, right. First, first church services, first liturgies were in homes. Yeah. You know, and that's evolved into something different now, but uh, the family is still the root or the, the kernel of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, domestic church and also an image of, uh, or an icon of, an imperfect icon of the love of God itself. Yeah. Yeah. Marvelous. How we need to restore that today to restore the recognition of the truth that it is right. right? Mm -hmm. We don't make it true by saying it. God's design establishes family with such splendor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, we've, we've been talking on several episodes about holiness, uh, a word that we've been using a lot, a word that, I think is maligned today at 
the very least, uh, terribly misunderstood, um, sarcastically um, mm. presented stereotypes that are um, not only unhelpful, un, uninspiring, mm. uh, even to believers. When you unpack the meaning of holiness, the biblical meaning of holiness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? I think your remark earlier, or just now, about um, you know, it, it it has a bad rap. The word holiness, and that's unfortunate. In some ways, I wish we'd have a, had a different word for it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's from the tradition, and so we should retain it. And it's. It's something that the church takes very seriously because we yeah. have we have examples of holiness in saints. I mean, they 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 verify and confirm the possibility of living a holy life, and it's so it's not just it's not just something in a glass case. It's for everyone. <laughs> um, for me, what, what's helpful for me when I think about holiness, I, I I personally need to take a step back and and see the big picture to understand what it's about. You know, God God wills to save us by bringing us into his very life. Um, and he does that by bringing the life of Christ into us, you know, by, by, by incarnating in us his life. So that in a real way, we become t- walking, breathing tabernacles. We become mm. walking, breathing nativity mangers. Mm. Um, I think sometimes people, you know, think it's just a figure of speech or just a... Uh, just a, a really bad metaphor when we talk about Christ dwelling in us. It's not. We take it in a very realistic way. Yeah. Holiness is simply clearing away that which is in our life, um, which obscures the dwelling of Christ in us. So that it, it's a, it, Christ dwelling in us becomes more evident, or more obvious, or more manifest to, to the people who look at our mm. look at our lives the way mm. we live them. Mm. Um, clearing away, you know, the egoism, the you know, the vanity, the insecurities, the weaknesses, which are all the antithesis of that, that pure love of God, self-giving love of God, which is poured into our hearts, ordinarily first at baptism, but um, which really and truly dwells there. Um, maybe maybe St. John the Baptist's line in, in John's gospel puts it in a, in, a, in a pithier way. He, meaning Christ, must increase yeah. and I must decrease. Yeah, John 3.30. That's, to me, that's what holiness is about. It's about being something. Um, and that, that being eventually blooms or, or blossoms into moral sanctity or, or what, what people typically think of when they think of holiness. It's not primarily that. It's pr- primarily it's about being something. Boy, I love that. That's a good reminder, timely reminder to me. There's, a, there's a, such a wild misunderstanding that it has to do with um, repetitive piety for the sake of uh, piety in a, in a mm. very unappealing way. Right. Um, religiosity, religious, mm. religious activity, frenetic religious activity, mm. right? Yeah. It's sort of the stereotype today. And it's anything but compelling me to consider doing that. Right. right. You, you get these, these, you know, images of people in stained glass windows and, and, you know, figures and, and kind of bad religious art just in the throes of, you know, <laughs> ecstasies, religious ecstasies. They're just, you know, I don't really... It doesn't really inspire me to anything. I don't want any part of that. But and there's no connection to no, my own it, daily living. It seems irrelevant. Yes. Um, I think real holiness is dramatically different. Yeah. I like what you said about quoting John the Baptist with 
Jesus increasing, Jesus increasing. Holiness is the being of that taking place. Mm. Sometimes it's also referred to as um, to be set apart, Mm. maybe the etymology of the word biblically. And of course, there's two aspects to that. I'm set apart from something in order to be set apart for Mm. something, right? right? It's both of those things. And you're discussing about how we're set apart from that, which is, really not of God, you know, mm. unholy, <laughs> ungodly, a mm-hmm. better way to say that. Not unlike we might clean something to be able to discover its, its beauty. Mm. We, we maybe didn't even recognize something was as uh, stunning as it is right. because it had been soiled. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, on, on, I think on really close scrutiny, we learned that there, there are a lot of different paths to holiness. I mean, that, that's what, Vocations are about. I mean, say say more about that because I feel pressure today. Sometimes, even <laughs> institutionally, mm. <laughs> that that there's supposed to be a certain uh, narrow compliance of appearance and behavior. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, you know. I Did think... I say that charitably? <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that prudentially? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, it, it, I think the multiplicity of different different ways of seeking holiness is found in just the, the multiplicity of spiritual paths. I mean, there, there are a lot of different saints out there who offer up a lot of different approaches. Um, one that we talk about often is, is that, um, which is set down by Therese of Lisieux. Yeah. And the little way. Yeah. Which to me, that that's that's actually one of the more accessible, more brilliant paths to seek holiness. Um, because it deals with things that we all encounter every day. I mean, she she isn't she isn't talking about some really um, you know, esoteric mystical encounter that she has with God. Um, it's about doing little things like the laundry, like peeling carrots like making beds with great love. Mm. Um, you know, so that, that's, that's one way. And perhaps we can come back and talk about that way. But um, there are other saints who, who offer um, sort of different approaches to seeking holiness, but they're all aimed at the same thing, mm. which, which is, as we said, uh, magnifying the life of Christ, which mm. is dwelling in us by mm. grace, mm. Um, by weeding out those things, which, you know, kind of cloud um, the image. Mm. You know, make it make it harder for others to see it in us. You know, mentioning Therese takes me back to her own her own childhood, and she was introduced to different paths of holiness by means of learning the stories of the saints, which were read to her. You know, right. read to her when she was smaller, and then later she herself began to read them herself. Mm-hmm. Knew the stories, learned the stories, and and yet she also had a great um, anxiety initially thinking she couldn't measure mm-hmm. up to some of those, right. you know, the heroic exploits, whether it was the, the missionary courage or the intellectual fervor or, or the um, contemplative intensity, right? right? Some of the, some of those saints demonstrate. So we're going to continue this conversation with how that was resolved by grace in her own life. How's that for a teaser? I'll tune in. I'll, I'll be here, Father. <laughs> Friends, he's Rick. I'm Father Dave. 
as a dad and a priest, we're really trying to become better fathers and inviting you into the journey that we're taking together, casting the net. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.